Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Hello, friends. I'm Chris Maxwell, and enjoying uh, my time again with uh, dear friend Tracy Reynolds. Uh, Tracy, I just appreciate each of these opportunities we have, and I'm thinking about how uh, you know this this season of the year and uh, last weekend the resurrection and Christ's mm-hmm. death, and then coming back to life, and and us now being yeah. in this season of um, knowing that we are loved by our Creator. And he has made a way so for us real. to be a part of his family. Uh, and we have conversations in this podcast with people who tell stories about their relationship with their creator and, and how they find uh, hope and peace and new life through whatever they've gone through. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, it, this season of Easter um, is game changer. Changed my life, changed the way uh, that we live, and I'm so grateful for our risen Savior. And I'm also grateful for our guest today. Uh, Rebecca Keener has uh, been a friend actually through uh, our Emmanuel College and uh, have been in ministry for some time. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we dive into her story. Uh, Rebecca has worked in Christian media since 2014. She is a frequent host on the nightly program uh, Atlanta Live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she uh, serves as the president of, of Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated, a missions organization started by her parents way back in the 70s. That's fantastic. Uh, she served in ministry as a staff pastor and women's ministry, marriage ministry, and staff development at Free Chapel. And that's where I met you. Uh, you were uh, hosting an intern for us, and I got to come up and, and uh, check that out, and it was wonderful. Um, but she got her Bachelor's of Arts in Organizational and Interpersonal Communications from ORU, one of my favorite places, and a graduate of the National Association of Christian Leadership. She's an author, Bible teacher, speaker. She wrote a book a few years ago called The Marvelous Madness of Motherhood. I love that title. I would love to hear more about that. But more recently has written Holy Spirit 365 Devotional. Uh, came out uh, just this year. And uh, her husband, uh, Ed, Edward, uh, been married for uh, over 30 years. We'll leave it at that, right? And have I know your son, Davis, and I understand we have a grandson. Just saw a picture of a delightful 14-month-year-old. And you also have Hamilton and Truett. And uh, also uh, Davis and his wife, Amber. And my, my goodness, it's been a minute since I've seen you. It is so good to have you on Next wow, Step Leadership. I'm just so honored to be here with two people who, and I sincerely mean this, are like legends in our home. And because of the impact that you had on Davis when he was a student at Emmanuel College and just the spillover from what you imparted to him to Edward and me and to the rest of our family. And now, as Davis is in ministry and a dad himself, you know, I just see the fruits of your labor. And you probably won't see it till you get to heaven, all the lives that you have impacted. Mm. And um, 
we wouldn't have enough time to talk about it all. But mm-hmm. thank you. Oh, you're I so mean great. it with all my heart. Man, we're proud of him. He was, a, he was a wonderful student, wasn't he, Tracy? He was good. Well, just just oh, fun absolutely. to have conversations with and spend time with, and I know you're proud of him also. I am. I hope he finished his assignments, though, because that was one thing when he <laughs> well, was I'm in a, high school. I'm a confidential source, so I can't respond <laughs> to that. That's right. no. I, I'm not. I can tell you that he absolutely <laughs> yes, he did. did. Uh, we were talking about what a great mm-hmm. student Davis yeah. was earlier. You know, and a counselor now, just going into doing some really cool things. Well, we want to learn more about you and what how in the world do we get to be sitting across this table in a delightful way uh and what god has been doing has been doing and is doing through your life right now and the things that are important to you and i also want to talk about your new book uh but tell us a bit about well how in the world where did how did you come to know jesus and and get into to ministry and all this kind of thing well i grew up in the methodist church in south georgia And my dad was a pediatrician, and my mom worked with him in the doctor's office. And they really were kind of introduced to the charismatic movement back in the 70s and started searching and hungering for more of the Holy Spirit and more of the Lord. And so I attended a youth Um, conference at a Methodist church in Tifton and actually received Christ there on November 30th, 1978. And I know that because my dad wrote it in the front of his Bible. And um, that's a great thing for parents to do, you know, write the date of your child's, the significant things in their spiritual walk, write it in your Bible and they'll always have it. But I also received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that night as well because I had someone who came over to me and and he asked, you know, have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? He was a friend of my dad's. And I said, well, no, not really. And he said, would you like to do that? And I said, well, yes. And then he said, well, let's just take this one step further. He said, have you ever heard about the Holy Spirit, and I said, no, not really, other than the Apostles' Creed, you know, and he said, well, would you like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and as, you know, a young teenager, I just said, well, sure, why not, you know, and so he prayed that prayer with me, and I remember it vividly. Um, I didn't remember the date till my dad gave it to me, but I remember that moment that I felt a change in my life. And it was at that moment as a young teenager. Wow. Wow. You know, that's not that different from my story. I, I was also raised Methodist. I was also baptized in the Holy Spirit yeah. in the Methodist church uh, through uh, a youth pastor who told me the same kind of, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. But my goodness made all the difference in the world in just who was and being able to hear the Lord speak. Well, so you followed Jesus as a teenager. And uh, how did you come about uh, coming into ministry? And Well, I really kind of had some very rebellious years uh, in my teenage year. After that experience with the Lord, I think, you know, that's kind of when the enemy targets young people. And I ran from the Lord. And I spent many, many years uh, running from God and getting in with the wrong crowd, doing a lot of partying, a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, and, um, you know, just really got into a lot of trouble. And then uh, when it came time for me to go to college, 
I had the opportunity to go to Oral Roberts University, but I had decided to go to Bernal instead, paid our money to go, you know, and I was going to start in the fall. But I had this underlying fear of what my life would turn out like if I didn't surrender to God and go to Oral Roberts University like I felt like I was called to do. Okay, so I had the opportunity to go to Oral Roberts University and just really kind of rebelled against that, didn't feel like, you know, I wanted to be that far away from home. I had already paid non-refundable deposit to go to Bernal, and at the last minute, I just felt like this almost a fear of the Lord of what my life would turn out like, given my history of, you know, drugs and partying and all that. So several years at Oral Roberts University, I still kind of, you know, gravitated toward the partying crowd, the wrong crowd. You know, they're at Christian universities, you're going to find people that are lost. You're going to find them, which you guys know with your ministry through the years to young people. But finally, I think in my um, end of my sophomore year, the Lord really started kind of reeling me in, pulling me in. And um, once I got into my major, which was communications, I kind of felt like, oh, you know, this fits like a glove, and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, then uh, I I had the opportunity to give my testimony on Oral's program, President Roberts' program. And I gave my testimony sitting in the prayer garden, and the person who produced it and taped it was... um, the daughter, Alicia Cruz, of Nikki Cruz. And I can remember her taping the program after. Nikki Cruz, of course, is the person who was in Cross in the Switchblade. And she was a student at the time, and she was in telecommunications. And after I finished, she said, have you ever thought about doing telecommunications instead of communications? And and given the whole climate of televangelist at the time, you know, I was like, oh, no, no, that's not for me, you know. And um, anyway, she said, I really feel you have a calling to it. And, of course, many years I just ran from that. I knew in my heart that I had something there, an anointing or a calling to do Christian media, but I just ran from it for many, many years. And um, I served as marketing public relations director in several hospitals and kind of went that route since my dad was a physician and that was familiar to me, the whole, you know, medical health care side. And loved that. That was wonderful and great learning opportunities and management opportunities. Um, and then I worked for a company called Skillpath, which does training and development seminars and did a lot of traveling. And after I had children, you know, of course, kind of changes your whole life and was a stay at home for many years. And then um, when our youngest was of age to be able to go to school, um, I was given the opportunity to serve as a staff pastor at Free Chapel. And um, Pastor Franklin actually called and gave me the opportunity to serve on staff. And I was there nine years and just really felt like, you know, that was where I needed to be. And I I learned a lot there, um, leadership-wise. You know, you always learn when you're in the trenches. (laughs) And sometimes you learn what not to do. (laughs) 
as much yeah. as you learn what to do. But um, we're faced with, you know, every crisis imaginable, you know, the suicides, the car accidents, the major surgeries, the deaths, the funerals, the marriage breakups, all those things, um, just lots and lots and lots of trauma. And in 2016, I really felt like the Lord was saying, your sons need a mom at home. And, you know, just given nine years of everything we had at Free Chapel, and it was wonderful and a blessed time, and so thankful for it, but I just felt like I needed to step away from it. And at the same time, as I was working at Free Chapel, I had the opportunity to do a program called The Christian View, which was a program started at WATC Studios in Atlanta, and um, I served on that panel for five years, and that was my first opportunity to get into Christian media and really kind of fulfilled that prophecy from my friend Alicia Cruz that one day I would work mm-hmm. in Christian media. I think I just turned 50 at the time when the door opened for me to do that. So the Lord really does have a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not in a hurry, it seems like. He's never in a hurry. <laughs> but I said, you know, I kind of felt like at that point I had a face for radio, you know, as you're getting older. <laughs> but um, I don't know. that The door opened for me to do that. And then afterwards the door opened to do Atlanta Lives and have been with them since 2014. Uh, as a guest host, and met so many amazing leaders through the years, and just being able to sit there and hear from them and grow and learn. Like you, Pastor Chris, you've been on several times with me before, and others with with other folks as well, other hosts. And then um, in 2018, I felt the calling of the Lord to do more of a teaching format program, and that's when I started Always More, uh, which is a teaching program on the Holy Spirit. And so we've done, I don't know, maybe 120 programs so far, and all about the Holy Spirit, which is my passion. Just Mm. want to tell people about the Holy Spirit. Wow. And so your most recent book, did that come out of the Holy Spirit 365, the devotional set? Did that come out of the, the broadcasting side of it? It really did. And and I'll tell you kind of the scripture that burns in my spirit is Acts 19 and 2, where Paul and Apollos, I believe it was, were meeting with some new converts. And they said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed in Christ? And they said, well, we have not so much as even heard there is a Holy Spirit, you know. And I feel like that's much of the world, and even, sadly, much of the church today has not heard about the Holy Spirit. And I just felt like that's what the Lord says, that's your, that's your lane. You stay in it and just talk about the Holy Spirit. Tell people about Him that they don't have to do life alone. They don't have to do leadership or management or Whatever your field may be, you do not have to do it alone. And we have the Holy Spirit to help us. I love how that early theme in your life, young Methodist girl, same as me, young Methodist boy, it was the end of the, towards the the middle part of the charismatic movement. Um, And I heard, I, I, I learned about the Holy Spirit by reading the Bible. 
And I went to my youth pastor and said, what is this Holy Spirit stuff? So it so resonates with me, Becky, that, that God has kind of one more, brought you back to your experience. And you're not just talking about out of a head knowledge. No, this is your experience, but from that point forward where God has been by his Holy Spirit, that has become such an important theme. And now it's it's the focus of your ministry. Yeah. That's just yeah. powerful. Yeah. I love that. And I'm part of the team also, growing up Methodist. Really? And then having a Pentecostal experience oh. when I was just so desperate for the Lord to be my strength. And uh, yeah, so I love love hearing this. I didn't um, know that, that yeah. you both were in the Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. And look, and such great yeah. traditions that, yes. that it brought to me, some yes. of the stability mm-hmm. that I've needed through the years. Um, but I, I was desperate for that uh, presence of God. Uh, I, love the, I love God the Father who has accepted me, mm. Jesus, my Savior and my Lord. But I love that wind of the Spirit that is empowering me to do what I'm not capable of doing in my own strength. Amen. Yeah. Amen. He does indeed. And much of the book that I wrote, um, my sister, younger sister, was um, hit with, we now think it could have been COVID, but it was in January of 2019, and uh, before you know COVID was even really known about, but she had symptoms very similar to COVID. She... Um, tested positive for two different flu viruses. She had been at Boston Children's Hospital with her son, my nephew, who's had over 30 surgeries there, Um, just had some real health challenges in his life, and she was alone with him. And I texted her to check on her, and she said, I feel fluish. And I said, oh, no, devil. And I just started praying for her. And she was able to get home. Normally she doesn't go by herself, but that trip she went alone and took him, and um, they immediately had to take her to the hospital in Asheville, North Carolina, where she lives. And um, within a day, they had to put her on um, a, a ventilator, and she was on a ventilator for 30 days and in an induced coma. And every day they would come in. Of course, I was there uh, much of that time, as much as I could be, about half the time she was in the hospital, I was sitting in the waiting room or in the room with her. They put her on ECMO, an ECMO machine, which reoxygenates the blood and puts it back in the body, and and that really saved her life. But she was down to a point of ten percent chance to live. And every day the doctors would come out, and the nurses, and they would say, you know, she's got blood clots here, blood clots there, she's not going to make it, you know, this doesn't look good. And we just prayed. And my little daddy, who's 86 years old and a retired physician, he walked into that ICU, and she had leads all over her head and chest and everything, and he took a bottle of anointing oil and just poured it on her head. And I said, oh, Dad, I don't know, you know, if you should do that. <laughs> he didn't even He's a hesitate. It's okay. It's yeah, he didn't hesitate. And um, we just believed God every day that he would raise her back to life. And um, her little boy, she is his whole world. And we said, she has to live. She has mm-hmm. to live. And so much of that devotional I wrote in a hospital waiting room. And um, the Lord just poured it out in me, and I sat there and just wrote. And every day is a little nugget about the Holy Spirit, a scripture, a little word, and then a prayer that people can pray 
um, just inviting the Holy Spirit to be with you on your walk that day and open your eyes to see things that you ordinarily we wouldn't notice or see without His um, quickening, His illuminating that to us. And, you know, sometimes, and I talk about the Holy Spirit all the time, and I feel like that's my... Um, that's my life's work mm. is to focus on the Holy Spirit, but I forget about him, mm. you know, and it's kind of like I'll feel him tap on me like, hey, you know, would you let me, would you let me in here? Would you let me help? Would you let me ride in the car with you? Would you let me go with you into that meeting? Would you allow me to refresh you, you know, direct you? So all those things are so rich in what the whole, you know, Jesus said, it's expedient that I go. It's necessary that I go so that he can come. Um, The Holy Spirit, who is omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent. And, you know, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, people get excited it is just a, it's a fascinating thing to me to see people just catch fire. Um, I have an uncle who is almost 90. I had a conversation with him recently. He read the book by Ann Graham Lotz on the Holy Spirit. Somebody had given it to him. He's been in the Methodist Church all of his life and um, a youth leader and everything and, and just been so committed to serve in the church and such a great man of God. But he asked me, he said, what I want to know is, why is it that I've been a Christian for 60 years and no one has really taught me about the Holy Spirit? And wow, that hit me to think, you know, he's at the end of his life and spent, you know, most of his life and not known about the Holy Spirit. And that's no fault to any particular ministry or denomination, or you can be in a Pentecostal church, uh, quote-unquote Pentecostal or whatever, or charismatic, and and maybe, you know, there's not been that emphasis, that awareness of the Holy Spirit, and it is just so necessary for the day we're living in that we invite Him to take over. And I yeah. think some of the t- reasons why we don't invite him, say, to take over a worship service or, you know, areas of our life is because we are, we don't trust him. We don't, we don't trust the Holy Spirit. We, we think, well, he could embarrass me. He could, you know, put me, make me look silly or, you know, make me run and jump pews or speak in tongues <laughs> or do something I don't want to do. And we don't trust him that he is the greatest person walking the face of the earth today, the most powerful person walking, the the greatest friend we could ever have. Mm, And we need to hear that. Amen. And uh, so we'll we'll pass the word around about your book. Thank you. And uh, we want you to continue talking about this in the next episode. And um, yeah, this is just, we'll, we'll stop here. And, but we'll continue the conversation going on for next week. It's so good to see you again, and good to good to have this this conversation again. Excited about the book, excited about the story because yeah, without the the presence of the Lord with us, it will be very difficult to make our next steps, Amen. our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. 
You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.